All right, and good morning, baseball fans, and welcome back to the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Kenny, and I am joined once again, as always, by my beautiful co-host, my lovely wife, Nika. Good morning to everybody and all the baseball fans in the world. We are a worldwide friendly show here. You know, we welcome baseball fans from all over this globe known as Earth. Uh, and we love to spread the game far and wide. Today is Tuesday, May 9th, 2023, and we've got a great show planned for everyone today. We're going to be uh, talking about all the latest injury updates for everyone, kind of get everyone up to speed on some of the things going on because, you know, the games are happening every day. Sometimes you lose track of, like, what's going on where, and there's there's always injury things happening in the game of baseball, so... Uh, Tuesdays might be dedicated towards like injury updates and roster moves and things of that nature. Um, just as a programming note going forward. And then a uh, little bit after that, we're going to be talking about Wilson Contreras' return to Wrigley Field last night. You know, like we are uh, both old Chicago native Cub fans a little bit, and we always liked Wilson Contreras and the Cubs. Uh, so. A little bittersweet last night seeing him uh, in the Cardinals uniform. But that's what happens in baseball. People move on. Sometimes it's for the good and sometimes for the bad. And it's not necessarily going great for Wilson Contreras in St. Louis right now. Well, we're going to get to that a little bit later. But before we get to anything else, we need to recap all of yesterday's games. And for that, we have to turn to our legendary baseball contributor, Max Sugarcane, who's here with another retro rundown. Take it away, Max. Take it away. All right, and good morning as always, baseball fans. This is legendary baseball voice Max Sugarcane here with another look back at all of yesterday's diamond action with today's retro rundown. The Brewers hammered the Dodgers in Milwaukee 9-3. Joey Weimer had the big bat for the Brew Crew with a homer, a double, and four RBIs on the night. The Royals bested the White Sox 12-5 in Kansas City. Jackie Bradley Jr. had two doubles and two RBIs, and MJ Melendez added a home run and four RBIs for the Royals. The Cubbies welcomed back Wilson Contreras to Wrigley Field with a nice ovation, even though he was wearing the colors of the rival Redbirds, the Cardinals. The cheers promptly turned to boos after Contreras finished 2-4 for four with a double, a couple of RBIs, and led his new team to a 3-1 victory. The Yankees took care of the A's 7-2 thanks to home runs in the 6th from Gleyber Torres and DJ LeMahieu. Struggling left fielder Aaron Hicks added a much-needed homer in the 7th for the Bronx Bombers. The Rays skunked the Orioles at their home park 3-0. Josh Lowe hit his seventh homer of the season in the second for the Rays, while Luke Daly added a homer in the ninth, his eighth. Mitch Keller tossed a beauty for the Pirates, shutting out the Rockies for a final of 2-1 and getting Pittsburgh back into the win column after losing seven straight. Rodolfo Castro hit a two-run homer for the only runs of the night. Detroit stays hot, winning their opener against the rival Guardians 6-2 in Cleveland, it was the rookie, Riley Green, with the big bat, finishing the night 2-for-4 with a double, two RBIs, and he also stole a base. The first-place Rangers win their third in a row at Seattle 2-1. to Texas got it done with some fundamental baseball in the seventh. An RBI sacrifice fly from rookie Josh Young, and Jonah Heim followed that up with what wound up being the game-winning RBI single. The Angels broke a 4-4 tie in the 8th against the Astros on a triple from veteran Brandon Drury. 
putting the Halos up for good, going on to win 6-4. Shohei Otani added a pair of RBI doubles for Anaheim. He takes the mound tonight against Houston. It was the Nationals plating five in the first inning against the Giants in the Bay, and that was all they needed, getting six and a third from starter Jake Urban, who gave up four hits and zero runs in the outing. And it was the Marlins getting fried in the desert by the Diamondbacks behind another strong pitching performance from Zach Gallen and his white lightning cleats. Seven innings and seven strikeouts for the ace of the Snakes, who cruised to a 5-2 victory. And that's all the tales from inside the chalk lines from yesterday's action. We got a full slate of games today, which means we'll be right back here tomorrow for another edition of the Retro Rundown. And now, back to Kenny and Nika and the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. Thank you, Max. Great job. Yeah, thanks again, Max. You know, you really find that through line of each game to give us exactly what we need to know. We appreciate that, and uh, I'm sure our listeners do as well. Sure. I like how colorful it is. All right. Go ahead and go back to the picket line, Max. You're off duty for the day. Um, all right. I'm going to flip the order here. I guess Wilson Contreras was back. Wilson Contreras was back at Wrigley for the first time since he got traded to the Cardinals. And he did get a standing ovation. He was welcomed back. He is an emotional guy, as we know. He took it with some tears. But at the end, he did lead the Cardinals to the win. Absolutely. He wears his heart on his sleeve, you know. Uh, We know that from watching him throughout his career with the Cubs. Uh, So it was bittersweet seeing him in a different uniform, I got to admit. I think even it was just the Cardinals, you know. I I could have probably taken him in any other uniform better than than that. It is what it is, and happy to see him do well. I'm not really happy about his current situation in St. Louis, so I, I feel for him as a player, and I think he probably needed that last night as a human being. I think so, too. He's a good hitter, and he he needs to be in the lineup. For sure. He grew up in Chicago. He started with the Cubs. He was a young player. I, I believe he was like 16, 17 when he started with the Cubs. Now he's, what, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. That's a long time to spend in a city. I, I'm sure he considers Chicago as his hometown. This is your first interaction with Major League Baseball as a young adult. You will have emotional reactions coming back. And I'm glad, you know, he got this heartwarming ovation when he came back. And then seeing Christopher uh, Morel <laughs> hugging him and... Yeah, and that was nice yesterday because he just got recalled from AAA. Yes, he did. I was kind of trying to bunch them together. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. We'll we'll get into why he's back with the Cubs in a second. But um, you can tell that as a veteran, he had an impact on those younger players, you know. That speaks a lot to his work ethic and his leadership I think as he a was... teammate. And it, I just hate to see St. Louis like squandering that out of him because he, he is those things. He is a leader. You know, I know you have Arenado and Goldschmidt on your team. Um, I know he's not Yadier Molina because no one else can be Yadier Molina. So I think the Cardinals just need to let him be Wilson Contreras right now and learn to embrace the things that he he can provide things that Yadier Molina can't because they're not the same two people. They're not the same two human beings, you know? Yes. And <clears throat> I just think whatever happened in St. Louis that has caused them to think that 
he is the cause of their early problems in this season. That's like throwing somebody under the bus who doesn't deserve it. Anyways, this wasn't necessarily meant to be another, you know, rehashing of like how the Cardinals are mistreating Contreras right now, but it is a thing that's happening and it's all over the media headlines and stuff today. We will have to wait and see how everything evolves around him. I just thought it was really um, great to see him embracing the fandom on Wrigley, even though he is in a different uniform. <laughs> But it did spark up this whole rally against the Cubs. The Cardinals won, whatever. That wasn't the point. Uh, just seeing him smile again and being... I felt like he came home a little bit without being home mm -hmm. in that sense. And hey, it's Wilson. The, one of the last remaining champions from the 2016 Cubs. Absolutely. He's got that ring. And no one can take that away from him. Exactly. So yeah, I'm going to be very curious what happens with Wilson and the catching situation in St. Louis. And I hope for his sake and for his career that it gets back on track. But we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe a trade or something will be in his future. I don't know. He was a cornerstone for the Cubs organization. He was well-liked within the club. Like you say, he was probably looked up from the younger players uh, as a leader. There's a reason why. He's a champion. Yeah, you know? exactly. He's, he's been there. So I, I don't think he, get, he got the respect from the Cardinals as he deserved. Or he is being mismanaged by the Cardinals at the moment. Yeah, it looks that way. So yeah, it does look like um, all right. Well, despite all that, Wilson had some thoughts. I think he kind of wanted to address the situation a little okay. bit, you know, but I think mostly I feel like he, he just, he needed to kind of release this frustration over the situation with his playing right now, you know? I'm sure the win help with that. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, there's a... Took all that pressure off his shoulders. It's not just him that has to win the game. It's the whole team. <laughs> You could tell, though, that there was, like, a lot of damage control being done by the team and, like, teammates and, like, oh, you know, this wasn't, like, meant to be interpreted this way. This is actually a good thing. They they were trying to spin it so he didn't feel bad before they got to Wrigley. That's how I took that article. Yeah, I don't know. It, there was some quotes from Wainwright about doing damage control. They sat down and had a talk and like they wanted him to know that they were glad he was there and like he was respected and stuff like that sounds like kind of serious stuff, you know, for your $88 million big offseason free agent signing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you're less than two months into the season and you're having these kind of dramatic moments. Yeah. Well, it was needed apparently. He handled the situation last night with with grace i'm sure he would have loved to been in the catcher's gear last night as well but i don't think that's going to be in the cards no pun intended right now at least i don't see the cardinals budging on this i don't think they're going to cave and be like oh just go ahead and coach or go ahead and catch a game that's that they made this like prophetic announcement like that they're kind of changing direction in the team and you know at least for now that they're going to go with this dynamic and see what happens. And if they start winning more, I don't see him going back to catching at all anytime soon. Yeah. And I don't know how he's going to take to that. That's an interesting point because if that does happen, if Cardinals turn it around and they're going to start winning games now, what are they going to do with Contreras? I mean, he's going to be a DH and fine, but how is he there's, as a person going to feel about this? There's no room for him anywhere else on this team. They they already have a crowded outfield, as we've discussed, because they have Jordan Walker, the young phenom who's a beast, 
basically that they had to send down to AAA to make sure he gets his regular at-bats because they have too crowded of an outfield on the mm. big league roster. And they're probably not going to be able to do anything about that realistically until the trading deadline. And, like, you know, especially if they if they don't improve, if they're in last place in the Central and they're double-digit games behind, then they're going to be probably looking to sell at least somebody in that outfield to get to make room but the the redbirds just always seem to find a way to stay in it and and when the pirates are in first place and they just lose seven games in a row like you gotta you gotta feel like you're not out of it if you're if you're oh, the yeah. cardinals you know i think that's why they made this dramatic move right now when they did because they just realized like well we got to do something now if we want to make a move to stay in this thing you know and even with this division being like on the weaker side so yeah they see pirates trending downwards they're like we got a chance yeah we got to fight to stay in it right mm -hmm. now milwaukee lost six in a row and they they now won a couple in a row so they find a way don't they the dirty birds they do <laughs> there's a lot of musical chairs going on in that division at the moment there is i, I kind of don't want them to succeed with this <laughs> you know and I, I it's nothing personal against them it, it's not like cub rivalry things or anything it's just that i feel like they don't deserve it i feel like they they screwed the pooch a little bit in the off season by having this like they, they were unprepared for the rise of jordan walker which you shouldn't be unprepared for that you should know who's on your team and uh, in your organization yeah you, you, they should have traded and made room for him in the off season and then the other thing is is like i know yadier molina was retiring but like i thought he was going to be like a part of the organization going forward. And you, you mentioned it yesterday, like we haven't seen him and where is he in all of this? If, if they wanted him, if they wanted Contreras to be the next Yadier Molina, why isn't he there teaching him like the Cardinal way or whatever? It's a job, you know, yeah. like if, if, if I go work on a different project, I have to expect that there might be different parameters with that project than on my previous projects it's just expected i guess you know that like things are going to be a little bit different here there, right. that's what i mean by the cardinal way like there's there's a padres way there's a dodgers way there's an astros way there's every team has their own probably individual way of handling things even though it is a small knit club just like movie production is in a way you know it's a small industry relatively speaking every single movie will be a little bit different. different yeah even though the workflows are mostly the same yeah there's somebody else directing the traffic if you will absolutely well it was a good game for the cubs and redbirds last night uh close one three to one um but we also have news christopher morell is coming up and i believe he's playing today for the cubbies yes um and it's kind of weird because just recently uh, Jed Hoyer said he's not coming up. Um, I guess Christopher Morell heard him and got Better. the message because he just said no. I'm coming. <laughs> he was in 29 games with the Iowa Cubs this year. Christopher Morell, who's 23 years old, was hitting 330, and he had hit 11 home runs, 9 doubles, and 2 triples in that time. He's also scored 31 times and also knocked in 31 runs. He's played all three outfield spots and third base during this time in the minors as well. So it doesn't seem like moving around the field is bothering him or having any effect on his output at the plate. No, he's going to be playing the outfield. That will be his starting position with the Cubs this season. The biggest weakness with him is his strikeout rate. He strikes oh. out a lot, like more than 30%. 
at Iowa even during this hot streak where he's just been crushing the ball. However, he has improved on his walk rate, which will help with that. He's been working on it, and he's a young guy. He's 23. He's got, hopefully, a nice future ahead of him. I like the fact that he's got this flexibility. You know, it gives him a chance to sort of play a lot for the Cubs and give, like, other people days off. Like, if, for example, Ian Happ needs a day off or Cody Bellinger needs a day off, he can play center field or left field, it sounds like. Um, so he's like a versatile player. If Patrick Wisdom is going to, you know, take a day off of third or, you know, I don't know. He can he can do a lot of different things, and especially as a young age. He's like a utility player. He's a utility player, but I think the plan is to probably have him play. They don't want to call, again, you don't want to be in a Cardinals situation where you call up one of your young prized players and then you have to send him back down not because he's not playing good, but because there's too many it's veterans crowded. and it's yeah. too crowded and there's too many fragile egos that are going to get bruised. And Oh, yeah. So, anyways, hopefully the Cubs have a good plan for him. He's all smiles. He was so happy that he got back to the majors. He was with the Cubs last year, but he didn't do as well as was predicted, so he got sent back, I guess. But he was really, really excited to be back. He was mm -hmm. all smiles, hugging Wilson. It was so nice. Yeah, it was a nice moment for sure. So, um, well, we'll be watching Christopher play and make his season debut for the Cubs today. Yeah. And, you know, wish him well. It's a whole new ball game when you get back to the majors. So those 11 home runs this year are basically a wash. Yeah. You start all over again. They're used to it, moving around the minor leagues so much probably. But um, nevertheless, it's always a more important when your pro career is on the line yeah okay well and there's a bunch of injuries i see yeah we got a lot of injuries to get through here really quick before we move on to the rest of our day as you say sure um first and foremost uh, i want to start with the yankees because ding dong aaron judge is back and playing tonight I'm, I'm really happy that his hip and like wrist injury weren't more serious um hopefully he's all healed up and has no lingering effects of that awkward slide into second base. And Aaron, you're a big dude, man. Don't slide awkward. Come on. Just nice and normal, man. Don't be awkward out there. It's kind of hard when you have such a big dude. Well, practice makes perfect, buddy boy. Um, True. Okay. So we have a Judgment Day coming today. Judgment Day is coming today. Um, do we need a Terminator music for that? Do, 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 do. <laughs> perfect. I don't know. We might get copyright infringed for my... Uh, do, 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 do. Pretty good, though. Okay, Luis Servino, uh, Yankees starting pitcher, is also making a rehab start for single A Tampa. I believe that's on Wednesday. Yep. So Yankees will be excited to see him getting back in action. All right, moving on to the Cubs. Nico Horner left last night's game with a hamstring tightness and he is going to be looking like he's going to be having some imagery done on that to see how serious it is. Sounds like it's kind of serious. So hopefully he's not on the shelf for too long for the Cubs because he's been he's been hitting hot and he's, he's been, been a big really catalyst for them. Mm -hmm. um, you know they might need Morel to play second, which he on according to his rookie card that I have it says second base on there. So yeah, second base, shortstop, outfield, like what position he hasn't played? Oh, pitching. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Kyle Hendricks is gonna be starting tonight in AAA Iowa for the Cubs, uh, and this might be his last tune-up start, so he could be making his debut with the Cubs as early as this weekend or, or yeah, that, next week. I read somewhere that it might be this weekend. Um, 
it wasn't a surgery it was some tightness in his shoulder so he's coming back from yeah. that uh and jan gomes the cubs catcher who uh replaced Contreras, he's been out with a concussion because he got hit by a bat on a backswing uh in a game i think on may 1st or 2nd um but anyways he he caught a bullpen for Hendricks the other day mm-hmm. so he's getting back to resuming baseball activities but it was apparently pretty serious you know uh got a big whack there anything with your head concussion that's yeah uh, you know you just Absolutely. don't know till later it shows up. All right. Um, Mets. We have some Mets injury news to talk with Mad Max. Um, you know, Mad Max, who, by the way, was fresh off of that 10-game suspension for using the sticky stuff, as they like to say. Uh, he got rocked badly in his last start with Detroit, and it's sort of come out now that he has uh, right scapula tightness, which is, for those that you don't know, like that's like near the shoulder blade area uh, of your back. Uh, and anyways, he had a similar injury in 2019. Now, the odd thing here is like he's planning on pitching through this. I, I, I'm sort of questioning that decision, you know, especially because it is a pre-existing injury that he's sort of re-aggravated here. Um, in 2019, it was apparently pretty serious. And I'm just surprised that they're not being more careful with their $130 million pitcher and just putting him on the shelf for a little bit. It's a long season. The Mets are struggling, but it seems like a little bit of a panic mode. But wait a minute. He is going to pitch through. Is he the one that makes that decision? Or I thought somebody in the you know medical field would be like, Yo, you shouldn't do it, but it's ultimately your decision. I don't know. I feel like there's certain rules for certain players. Oh, okay. It seems like he's able to sort of self-govern in the Mets dynamic maybe that's how buck showalter like treats his veterans is like you can sort of you have to tell me when the pain is too much you know or whatever okay i'm all for that that's fine that's your decision but uh but at the end of the day if you aggravate that injury some more would that be affecting the team later down the stretch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. That's a horrible thing for the Mets. That's why I'm really questioning this decision of letting him self-govern in a way. You know, like a lot of players are always going to tell you, I can play. Right. They're competitors. They're there because they compete at a high level. And I think he's supposed to start tonight. So we'll be probably talking about that a little bit tomorrow, okay. at least in terms of, you know, we'll see how he does out there knowing that he might he has this injury. Yeah, he might pitch for one two innings and be out. Get if it gets worse, or or he could be totally fine and he not be totally fine. Yeah, like show any signs of it. Yeah. Um. All right, we have Astros news. Altuve, Jose Altuve, he broke his hand in the World Baseball Classic. Thumb. He had a thumb reconstruction. Thumb. My mistake. Not hand. Thumb. Mm-hmm. Um. But he got hit by a pitch. Yes. That's what made me say that on his thumb. Mm-hmm. Uh. He is going to be starting a rehab assignment within the week, it looks like, for Houston. Uh, he took batting practice over the weekend, so Houston will be glad to have him back. Oh, I bet. However, things are not great in Houston. Houston has a problem. Uh, Luis Garcia, their pitcher, who left one of the starts this weekend, I think it was Sunday, he uh, is having Tommy John surgery and is out for the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So bad news for Houston. They have some issues with their starting pitching. And, you know, as we know, they lost their ace, Justin Verlander, in the offseason. Tough times in Houston right now. They're going to need some young pitchers to come in and step up. All right, let's move on to Minnesota. 
Royce okay. Lewis, a young player that you may or may not know if you follow baseball, he had a torn, partially torn ACL. He is close to beginning a rehab assignment with the Twins. So good news for the Twins getting one of their young stars back. Um, the Rays are also looking to get Tyler Glasnow back soon. He's one of their ace pitchers as well. And it's hard to think that the Rays haven't been fully loaded, but they they haven't been yet. Um, oh my goodness, so they're going to get even better. He pitched a rehab start on Friday, and yes, they are going to get better very soon because he's he's coming back. And then I wanted to quickly touch base and say uh, it looks like Vlad Jr. is going to be back in the lineup tonight for the Blue Jays after he had some wrist discomfort. And the White Sox, lots of news here. Uh, Liam Hendricks is pitching in AAA Charlotte. So that's great to see uh, after he was declared cancer-free recently. He's already back on the bump. We I love bet, it. I bet he's happy about that. You know? Gotta be, you know. I hope he brings some, just some joy to the White Sox. I, I'm not saying Liam Hendricks is necessarily the most joyful player out there, but he definitely plays with passion and he's an animated person and hopefully they get him some games to close because that's his job and uh, you need to be winning yeah. <laughs> in the ninth. He's the only one from Australia, too. Of course. That's an interesting story and an amazing story in and of itself. Yeah. How his journey to the major leagues and, and whatnot. So I'm just really happy to hear that. And, uh, you know, I hope he gets back to the pro club and gets real closing. soon. Yes. And then Eloy Jimenez, who we touched on on Sunday, he had that emergency appendectomy surgery. Um, apparently, everything was successful with that. And he's going to be out anywhere from four to six weeks. And uh, Yoan Mancata, who was on Team Cuba in the World Baseball Classic, he is kind of having what they're calling a wait-and-see rehab assignment right now. Um, there's no definitive timetable for his return, but he is playing again. So that's got to be somewhat good news for White Sox fans, though I'm sure there's some concern that there's no specific timetable for his return. That's all of the notes I have for the injury update for today we might look into doing this on tuesdays it seems like it's going to be a good day to sort of get caught up on where everyone's at obviously if there's a major injury we'll we'll talk about it it's good to kind of keep track of where teams are at because like i said it's easy to lose track of all this stuff there's so much information and things happening within a season in the game of baseball on every team and that's what we're here to try to do for you a little bit is give you some of those uh lesser known pieces of information so you can have them at your fingertips on that note we're going to get out of here and start keeping track of things for tomorrow's show. All right. Well, hopefully everyone on the injury list is on their way to a successful recovery soon. Uh, we want to see you back out there. Everyone makes the game better. Well, that's going to do it for us today on this episode of the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. But before we get out of here today, I just wanted to make a personal ask that if you're enjoying the show and you're enjoying getting these daily baseball updates and nuggets of information that we're providing, uh, please do us a favor and subscribe to our show. It will really help us out a lot. You can certainly feel free to let us know how we do. You can answer any poll questions that we put out on our episodes. We try to do that uh, from time to time. And yeah, let us know uh, what you think of the show. Uh, we're gonna probably also start making some social media accounts uh, in the next week or so. So be on the lookout for that and feel free to tell your friends and family about our show. 
And thank and you for being with us from the very beginning. Thank you for being with us from the start of all this. It's kind it's of something random that we, we just said, hey, we're going to do this and put it out there and see what happens. Um, yeah. But we're committed, at least for this season, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, thank you. All right, this is Kenny signing off. And Nika signing off. All right, take care, everybody. Enjoy the games today. Bye. Adios.